The opinions expressed during this podcast are the individual's own and do not represent those of Wyndham City Council. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Recently Returned. I'm your regular host Kirsty, and I'm joined here today by Tom. You may recognize Tom's voice from our lovely disclaimer at the start of every episode. Uh, how are you, Tom? I'm well, thanks, Kirsty. Thanks for um, inviting me to be on. That's my probably my finest piece of work at Wyndham, that disclaimer. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for making mention of that. <laughs> um, so today uh, we're going to talk about sci-fi books. We're both sci-fi fans, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you've been reading. Uh, and I guess mm. we'll just alternate our recommendations. Uh, so what? what's your first title? Yeah, thanks, Kirsty. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your list as well because you're um, uh, more well-versed in the genre than me, and so I'm sure I'll pick up some good recommendations from you. But, um, yeah, I, I've gone with um, – I've thought about this, and I've got – all of my books are of a theme, so um, uh, I've got – two or three books here, and they're all about interstellar travel, and they all share a premise where humanity has messed up planet Earth and and uh, been forced to take off into deep space to colonise yep. other planets. And the other thing that, that all the books I'm going to talk about today or stories have in common is they're all pretty short and they're mostly really positive or hopeful stories. I just oh, figure during... Nice. Yeah, I, I think like during COVID, um, there's maybe a tendency to... Um, with this genre, uh, it, it could be a pitfall to read lots of dystopian stuff and get really down during COVID. So I thought I'd, I'd give people um, some yeah. nice, um, you know, fun short stories. That uh, yeah, I think every yeah. every second title I looked at, trying to find something in our e collection, had a pandemic or something happening. Yeah, we've, we've we've got enough of that going on at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, um, if this it gives people a bit of escapism and, you know, leaving planet Earth for a while by through the vehicle of these stories, I think that could be a good thing. So um, I'm going to invite everyone to, you know, enter your cryo-sleep pods with me on, on these books and um, uh, we're going to embark on some interstellar journeys with these stories. So anyway, enough preamble. The first one... Um, I'm picking is by um, N.K. Jemison, and it's called Emergency Skin. So it's it's actually um, just over 30 pages, so not even novella length, but it's um, part of an anthology, um, and it actually won the Hugo Award this year for Best Novelette, so it comes with high critical praise. So what's it about? It's um, The main character is a scout from a planet that's been colonised by humanity, and they're returning to Earth to collect a jar of precious Earth bacteria. This is a problem on the on the planet they've colonised. They can't grow food without Earth bacteria being renewed every now and then. So to keep the new planet from dying, they have to do this um, uh, trip back to Earth. And it's got this great plot device where the central character is a form of, I guess you'd call them like a, a future human slave class. And they're essentially this bag of organs in a nutrient stew. They're contained in a shell called a composite. So they sort of live their life in this um, robotic shell. 
And the greatest reward for these future human slaves is to be granted a skin, hence the title emergency skin. That's sort of revealed a bit later. Another really key part of the story is that um, the character has this AI voice that is part of the, the suit or the composite. And so you get this um, really condescending AI voice that's interjecting throughout the story. Love a snarky AI. (laughs) Yeah, snarky AI. And um, what you sort of get through the story, I don't want to kind of reveal too much, is that, you know, maybe, you know, looking after planet number one is is the ultimate aim here. Um, And so, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I've sort of been thinking about it a lot since I read it. It's only 30-something pages. She's a masterful writer, though, um, in Kingdom. Yeah. And I've been meaning to read more of her, her stuff. Yeah, and we, we we don't obviously have this one because it's Amazon only, unfortunately, in the collection, but we do have all of her Stone Eater series. So um, that's the trilogy that I think she won three Hugo Awards in a row for, which I think is fairly unprecedented. Um, and she, yeah, she's just such an incredible author, isn't she? Yeah. So um, I think I, I've only read her first trilogy. Um, the inheritance one. Oh yes, I think we've got one or two of those as well in the catalogue. So yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna keep an eye out for this one, but also um, dive into her back catalogue. Yeah. What's the name of the anthology it's part of? Oh yes, um, it's called Forward. So I think there's six stories in it, and they're available individually for purchase on on Kindle if you just want to check out this one. Great. Thanks very much. No worries. So my first book is uh, historical sci-fi, which is something I never thought I would really come across, but um, it's The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Cow. It won like the whole sweep of speculative fiction awards uh, last year. So the Hugos, the Nebulas and the Locus Award as well for best, best novel, which is well-deserved. I absolutely adored this book. So the basic premise is a meteorite strikes the earth in 1952, obliterating most of the eastern seaboard of um, America, setting off a couple of natural disasters, but also accelerating the greenhouse effect, which will make earth unlivable um, within the next 50 to 80 years. So the space race becomes not a race to put man on the moon, but to colonize the moon. Awesome. So like an alternative history type yeah, thing, really. Yeah. yeah. So instead of NASA, it's the International uh, Aerospace Coalition. <laughs> I just had a quick look at the back of the cover. Um, <laughs> and the narrator of this book, our main character, Alma, she's a a Jewish ex-World War II um, pilot in the Women's Auxiliary, Um, and she's also a mathematician, Uh, and she and her husband come to play a big part in um, calculating the effects of the meteorite and also working towards getting the rockets up, Uh, and she becomes centralised in the fight to have women included in the colony effort, but I remember texting a friend while reading this book and and saying, look, our main character is 
a Jewish woman with high social anxiety who's fighting for feminism and also confronting her own internal biases in regards to race and social class and it's not made a big deal of and yes yes this is how you do it in a book you don't have to uh, make a big deal of every single social issue that you're tackling but you do have to recognize that this book is set in the 1950s and racism is a huge part of of that time era and it would be remiss of the author to ignore that and the author I think sits mostly in historical fiction so it's really well researched um, and uh, just feels right I'm definitely looking forward to the next one also there's a sequel yeah, so it's the first in a series. Uh, there are three books out so far, and I think there's a fourth in the works. Ah, terrific. Yeah, I remember seeing you reading it in the lunchroom one day, and um, it's on my list, so I definitely want to read this one. Yeah, um, so that's great. There's a bit to to um, explore if, if she's writing four. It's terrific. And that that uh, what you were talking about, Dan, about, you know, how these issues are kind of, um, you know, pretty prevalent in a lot of sci-fi at the moment, like, you know, uh, issues of race and um, diverse expressions of sexuality. Like we're, we're in this amazing um, time for sci-fi at the moment where I, I, it really feels like a, a renaissance, doesn't it? Like, you know, there's so many good women writing science fiction and, and um yeah, I think the N.K. Jemison books are a great example of that. But um, yeah, authors like um, Becky Chambers is a good example of of that. She writes really diverse books. Yeah, well, um, that's possibly a good segue into my next book, if that's okay, Kirsty, which is yeah. a Becky Chambers book. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about To Be Taught If Fortunate, which is um, kind of set in the same universe as her Wayfarers series. So she wrote um, these three amazing books and there's going to be a fourth in February next year in the Wayfarers series, which is all about, you know, interstellar exploration. And um, it's kind of like the Firefly TV show, but um, like in book form um, and uh, such a good comfort read, that whole series at the moment. Um, It's just great escapism and really diverse characters and as you say, um, yeah, she's a great exponent of that stuff. And in fact, that series won, speaking, we're talking about really award-winning stuff. So the, the Wayfarers series won a Hugo Award for Best Series, I think, um, whether it was last year or this year. Anyway, um, To Be Taught If Fortunate is kind of like a satellite book from that series. It's a one-off um, novella. And the, the setup is that there's the main characters are on this journey to survey four planets and they've been sent off by not NASA, but a globally crowdfunded utopian space agency that's um, dedicated to science and space exploration and not to making profits. And so it's typically utopian stuff um, yeah. from Becky Chambers, which is great. Um, anyway, um, one of the sci-fi elements is that there's this process of soma forming, they call it. And... Um, this happens to the characters in, in the hibernation periods between the planets they're exploring. And so what happens with soma forming is rather than terraforming a planet to make it fit for humanity, their bodies are actually, they go through this bioengineering process oh, um, to suit the conditions of the planet. Yeah, so for example, 
if they're traveling to a high gravity planet, their bodies develop lots of extra muscle and become sort of shorter and um, their limbs kind of change shape. Or if they're uh, traveling to a planet with lots of radiation, their skin becomes reflective and can absorb radiation and convert it into energy. So there's lots of really interesting science, which is always the case in her books, but it's really at the forefront here. But it's not just about the science. I mean, she writes about that really beautifully, but it's also about the relationships between the four yeah. characters on this journey. And that's another thing that, you know, um, you really fall in love with the characters in Becky Chambers' books. Yeah. I'm a big fan of what you might call soft sci-fi. So I, I really enjoy the, the character-driven, the kind of space opera type books, um, which there's a lot coming out at the moment and I'd probably maybe put Becky Chambers in there as well. She doesn't focus a lot on um, describing the technology to in depth. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah, definitely. It's it's always in service of um, a good yarn, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. She does manage to convey, though, in this book, um, there's lots of scenes about the joy of cataloguing a new spe- alien species or um, plant or making a new scientific discovery. And you really actually get excited for the characters about the satisfaction of doing hard science and research which is pretty tough trick to pull off in a work of fiction but you do that comes across that excitement the centerpiece i think of of the book is sort of the journey the group goes through they definitely encounter their share of hardships and cabin fever and and they get through this not by being you know classic stoic sci-fi characters that you know have inner resources and uh, these macho kind of save the universe on my own kind of thing it's much more about how they um, open up to each other and care for each other to kind of get through this um, difficult uh, journey. And so, um, yeah, really hopeful. I could just recommend anything Becky Chambers has written in this series. Yeah, and they can all stand alone as well, which is nice. Even though they're the series, you can pick them up at any point with not, not really needing to read them in order. Uh, so, yeah, good point. If if one's out on loan at the moment, uh, you can always um, borrow a, another one um, once we reopen, of course. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah <laughs> um, they're all on the catalogue as well. So um, highly recommend these ones. Well, my second book I chose from our E collection. I wanted to make sure there was something people could pick up straight away um, if we were still in heavy lockdown when, when we had the episode. Uh, <laughs> So it's The Book of M by Peng Shepherd. Despite having said there's too much pandemic <laughs> uh, and everything, this book is based on a global pandemic where people lose their shadows. And having lost their shadows, they begin to lose their memories. And not just their memories of who they are and what they've done, but memories of how the world works memories of how to open a door or that the sky is supposed to be blue or that you need to eat to survive and the more people forget the more they can alter reality with their thoughts so for example a a character forgets that animals can't talk so then has a long conversation with a fox and from then on if anyone else in the world encountered a fox, they would encounter a fox that could talk. Wow. What an amazing premise. for Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, 
it's really a fusion title. I've seen it shelved in both science fiction and fantasy. But despite the fact that the word magic is used and that even the characters describe everything as magic, it feels very sci-fi um, in the in the way the the global phenomenon spreads and um, initially characters are trying to find a cure and evidence and then they're they're trying to survive in this post-apocalyptic dystopian society and just just the feeling of the book is very sci-fi even though the the events are kind of fantastical mm. I have to admit, I wasn't surprised by any of the twists in the story, but I was very engaged with everything that that happened. So it wasn't really a detraction to to kind of see where things were going. Although if you read it, I will be very interested to know if you get angry at one particular twist. Okay, okay. Um, I, I sat there and I guessed it beforehand. So I was sitting there reading the book, dreading the reveal. And then when this one part was revealed, if I hadn't been reading the book on my phone, I might have thrown it somewhere. <laughs> ah, <okay. laughs> but you don't really want to do that. Um, anyway, Certainly not to a library book. <laughs> no, not to a library book and definitely not to um, an e-book that sure. you're reading on a very expensive <laughs> personal device. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's really engaging, sweeps you in from the first moment, even though it's not as optimistic as the other books we've talked about, it, it is still fun. Um, nice bit of escapism. Oh, cool. Yeah, that sounds like a great one. I love the, that's such a creative idea. Yeah, it's a, uh, new ideas are sort of few and far between in, in the genre, but yeah, that's a, that's a great concept, isn't it? The premise. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe we'll do one more book each. One more book each? Sure. I mean, I enjoy talking about books anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested in, in what your third one is. Yeah, well, my third one's um, uh, maybe a quick plug because I'm still working my way through this series, but um, that's some young adult fiction. Uh, the Pioneer series. So the first book's The Pioneer and the second is The Survivor, written by Bridget Tyler. So... Um, my 14-year-old son recommended these to me and everyone in the house has been working through the series. <laughs> so it, this one follows an advanced colony ship and um, it's very hard to describe this one without giving away spoilers, so I'll do my best. But um, So the advanced colony ship is setting up uh, a new colony on a supposedly empty Goldilocks world and the main character is a teenage girl who's um, an expert space shuttle pilot and just an all-round awesome adventurer and it's got some pretty weighty ideas around the ethics of colonisation especially when it's revealed that the world isn't uninhabited uh, but it's mostly just a ripping young adult um, sci-fi fiction yarn so there's plenty of suspenseful set pieces where everyone could die if they don't do this important thing or stop the terrible thing happening just in time scenes. Like every, almost every second chapter has like a, a crescendo of, um, you know, they just pull off this thing just in time. So it's, you know, a, a little formulaic in that respect, but sometimes you need a bit of a um, pot boiler and that there are lots of fun twists and reveals as well. So um I'm maybe a third of the way into the second book and, and just really enjoying it. It's nice um, nice to just kind of churn through a book like this. Mm. 
keep an eye out for that. Yeah, we don't have them yet, but I might um request um request some purchases of those ones for the collection. So uh, yeah, they're only published. Um, the second one only came out earlier this year. Oh yeah, still fairly new. Um, so my my final book uh, it's actually a collection of short stories, Exhalation by Ted Chiang. So you might recognise his name. A couple of years ago, one of his short stories uh, was adapted into the film Arrival. Ah, okay. Which I haven't watched, but now I think I'm going to have to. Yeah. Uh, so this collection of stories starts really strong and ends really strong. There are some ones in the middle there, which I wasn't too keen on, but they all make you think. So they're very kind of meditative, cerebral kind of explorations of the genre. So... I wouldn't say they're fast-paced at all, not even necessarily character-driven. He's exploring ideas and theories. And the copy we've got in our e-collection is in audio. So potentially it is the narrator speaking a bit slower, which is um, adding to the ponderous nature of the stories. But I really enjoyed in this collection, after each story, the author explains the scientific theory or technology that inspired the piece okay so um that was really interesting to me so maybe it's not the type of style i'd usually listen to but i still got a lot out of the book uh and the last story which is called anxiety is the dizziness of freedom uh, i think is one of my favorites in there uh it's it's a bit more vibrant compared to the other ones. Great title. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great title. Um, um, but I'd also keep an eye out for uh, The Truth of Fact, The Truth of Feeling, which is an exploration of language and memory. And The Great Silence is also one of my one of my favourites in that collection. Ah, so, how many uh, stories are in there, Kirsty, roughly? I think there are about 10. Okay. Um, so the audiobook is 11 hours long, and I would say one of the stories is actually a novella. That one ran about three hours. Okay. Um, but the other ones are a bit shorter. I think overall it's, it's a strong collection. Yeah, and I like the idea of a short story, one that you can sort of dip into and, you know, maybe in the car or, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's um, that's terrific. And um, just a reminder to everyone um, that you can search all of these and including the ebooks from the catalog um, from our window libraries catalog the ones that we do have available and and if it's an ebook you'll be sent off to the platform concerned and yeah um, yeah and if we don't have it you can put through a, a suggestion and we can see whether we're able to purchase yeah it. and hopefully we'll be reopen soon we're looking forward to that day yeah. when we can and um yeah um but in the meantime yeah um enjoy enjoy some of these things that you can get your hands on and, and uh, enjoy reading some some escapist sci-fi. And uh, is there a, a ability for people to let us know if they've read stuff um, or, or um, comment? Yeah, and... so I'm just going to invite everyone, if you read any of these and want to let us know how you go, especially if you read the book of M and want to let me know <laughs> how you feel about the ending, uh, you can um, send us a message via our Facebook page, Libraries in Wyndham, 
or send us some feedback through the council's contact page and just pop library podcast in the subject line. So thanks very much, Tom, for joining me. It's been a great discussion and thank you for listening at home. Enjoy your day and happy reading. Thanks, Kirsty. Thanks, folks. See you later.